Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. This podcast is being brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Limitless was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community in order to show the world that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the executive director and founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet, and I'm so happy you've joined us again today. We've got a great guest joining us, but before we introduce her, I want to introduce my co-host, Ginny. Welcome back, Ginny. Hey, Sean, and hello to our listeners. Do you want to remind our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm Ginny. I am 21 years old. And I'm from Aldergrove, BC. I have been completely blind since birth due to a condition called bilateral microphthalmia. And I am a university student and a Blind Beginnings youth mentor slash alumni slash volunteer person. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. All right. So we are talking to a very special guest today. Uh, Another, if you listened last week, we talked with somebody that's going to be helping out with our summer camp, our virtual summer camp in August. And today we're talking to another individual who's going to be helping with our virtual camp in August and leading a session on skincare and makeup, which we're definitely going to be talking more about further into the conversation. But I would love to introduce a new Pala. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you so much, Sean, and thank you, Ginny. So maybe, Anu, can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, thank you so much for inviting me to be on your podcast. I've been a fan, and so it's so nice to be able to be here as a guest. Um, So in terms of my background, uh, I'm actually an entrepreneur, and I have my own business, uh, Anu Vision Coaching and Consulting. Uh, I provide a variety of services uh, through uh, my business. So I'm an accessibility and inclusion consultant, uh, certified life coach, trainer, and public speaker. Uh, I'm also a podcast producer. And I also uh, support different nonprofit organizations, primarily with fundraising. Uh, I have a Bachelor's of Arts in Professional Communications, which I obtained from Royal Roads University. And I also volunteer with some various organizations here in Vancouver. Um, For example, the City of Surrey, the Measuring Up Committee, and Society for Intercultural Education Training and uh, Research. Um, I really love having meaningful conversations, and I love the power of creativity. So I'm just really passionate about all of that. Um, With regards to my vision loss, um, I grew up with partial vision. uh, So I had uh, zero vision in my right eye and partial vision in my left eye. Um, In my early 20s, as a result of a retinal detachment, I lost the vision that I had in my left eye, which left me with um, complete vision loss. And so I have been living with complete vision loss for quite a number of years. 
So that's kind of a snapshot. So today we're focusing on the workshop that you're going to lead for us. And uh, we're just curious, were you all, have you always been interested in beauty and skincare? I have. <laughs> I have always had this um, passion for all things beautiful, really. So, you know, the arts. So as a child growing up, I loved everything creative, everything beautiful, and including, you know, clothing and always was very particular about how I looked, even as a little girl, you know, in different terms of hygiene. And I guess that really stems from how, you know, I was raised. My mom is quite the same as well. Even now in her older years, she's still very, very particular about, you know, how she presents herself, even at home. She still wears perfume every day <laughs> and that kind of thing. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming I got a lot of that from her. But yes, I have always been very um, particular about, you know, just just beauty in general. You know, as blind people, sometimes there's that misguided belief that physical appearance is something we often don't care about mm -hmm. um, or you know, as a result of that misguided belief, it's something that we actually have to pay, pay extra attention to or um, stuff like that. Do you think that that has impacted you in any way? And what do you think about that in an overall uh, feel as well? It's a good question. Um, I think that there is still this, mis this per um, misperception or conception that people with vision loss don't care or shouldn't care about their image or how they look like what's the point they can't see themselves anyway and um i personally have not dealt with that but my friends do laugh at me because i am so particular about color and and tones and textures and things like that I don't, I don't really know like where that mentality comes from. Like what's, what's maybe you guys can talk about that. Like what's your experience with that? Yeah. I mean, for me, I think I definitely feel extra pressure in regards to my physical appearance. Like if I do look scruffy or sloppy or whatever, if I, or if I, if I'm wearing something that doesn't match or if, if I'm not perfectly put together, people are going to make an assumption that it's because I'm blind. So I know I stress a lot about that. I, I worry about what I'm wearing and my hair and, you know, am I, do I fit? Do I look like everyone else in this particular situation? So I think that being blind as a woman, especially mm -hmm. has, has added, I don't know, like, yeah, there's, there's that added pressure of like, I'm representing the blind community and I'm right. so passionate about people seeing us as, as the capable people that we are and, you know, as an equal. And so I really don't want my appearance to be the thing that, you know, makes people put me in a, in a different category, I guess. Mm -hmm. I agree with that as well. And I think along with all the extra pressure even if I want to wear sweatpants on a Saturday or you know not wear makeup um, or just something of that sort or wear mismatching socks because that is a trend 
um, even if I know that I am intentionally doing it, it's hard for me to just walk on the street like that because I feel like even though I intentionally know I'm doing it, everyone else would probably look and be like, oh, she can't see. She doesn't know that, you know, those two colors don't go or, oh, she can't see. Mm-hmm. So, of course, she's not dressed well. So for me, I think that belief is uh, very true, unfortunately, um, mm-hmm. because of my vision loss. I feel like I do have to um, be a little bit more attentive to how I look and present yeah, I, I do agree with that for sure. And I think that's the kind of pressure that, you know, we put on ourselves. Um, you wouldn't see a sighted person the least bit concerned, you know, if they're wearing mismatched socks. Like you said, that, that I just learned recently, like, that's actually a thing. It's a trend yes. now. <laughs> but it didn't catch me. I've, I think I have done it like once or twice accidentally, but um but overall, yeah, of course, we pay much more attention to how we look, for sure. Well, it's funny, though, in regards to makeup, because I, I don't wear makeup unless it's a real a special occasion. And part of the reason I don't is, is because I'm worried that I'm going to mess it up. Mm-hmm. It's not going to look, I'm not, it's not going to match or, I don't mm-hmm. know, it's just like another thing to worry about getting it wrong. So it's just easier not to. And of course, as, as a younger person, it was no big deal. Mm -hmm. I wore more makeup in grade eight in high school than, (laughs) than I have since. (laughs) But as I get, I think when you get older, you you start getting into that mode of like, well, you know, you're so comfortable in your skin. Um, Mm -hmm. I know for me, that's, that's my case now. Like, I really don't care what people think as much. I mean, um, of course, I mean, I always want to be presentable and whatnot, but I think that's something that comes with age as well, that you get to a point where it's like, I'm really comfortable, um, you know, in terms of who I am as a person, I'm content and, you know, the right people will be attracted to me and that's fine. (laughs) Yeah. But then as, as I get older, I'm kind of thinking, should I be covering up the wrinkles? Are there wrinkles? Like- <laughs> yeah. And as a professional too, and I think I think you made a point, Sean, earlier about uh, like representing, right? So you mm-hmm. want to be that role model um, and um, that that um, representation for people. But even in loss. just in the world, like mm-hmm. when I walk down mm-hmm. the street, I'm holding a white cane. I yeah. feel like people are, and because people do. It's not that common to see a person who's blind walking down the street. Like it's not wow. going to happen every day unless you live in the, you know, you're my neighbor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so people see that. And, and then I feel like the next thing is kind of, are they looking at the whole picture to, to see what, how I put it all together? You know what I mean? I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm representing for the blind population yeah. when I leave my house. Mm-hmm. And that's probably some pressure I'm putting on myself, but uh, it definitely is exhausting sometimes. Like even making sure you have a smile on your face all the time, even when you're having a yes. crappy day, because you don't want people to think blind people are grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think okay, it's I think you are overthinking. <laughs> yeah, this is just a shot, like a little bit overthinking. Yeah, but I, I, I can agree. But I think for me, it's funny because I also, Sean, don't wear any makeup either. But I, I learned recently that people my age, when they're going to school and stuff like that, actually do wear makeup. And so I was like, okay, I gotta, I gotta wear makeup. So I actually ended up buying all this makeup, but then I was like, I don't know what to do with it. So I actually have a stack of makeup like sitting in in my bedroom uh, because I don't know how to use it because I feel like I feel like uh, my people my age are wearing more makeup than than people 
people who, who are a bit older for some reason. Mm. Uh, and I was like, oh, so, so I have to. It kind of feels like this thing that I have to learn how to do now. <laughs> right. I think now with YouTube and all these influencers that are out there, mm-hmm. you know, through blogs, and I think there is that level of pressure as well that it's like, oh, this is the next best, you know, blush or lip gloss or whatever and we're constantly inundated with so much um, information especially in the beauty industry the other thing I was just going to point out as well is about you know how people respond to you um, and I've noticed that you know on days where um, I've, I'm, I've for example if I'm, if I'm dressed down I do notice how people respond to me they basically don't (laughs) as opposed to when I'm going to a a meeting or you know the days when I was working in Vancouver I'd be of course professionally dressed and you know whatnot and full-on makeup and really you can see the difference in how people respond to you interesting I got way more attention uh, people willing to talk to me and it's kind of sad in a way Mm-hmm. But that's the reality, too. Do you feel more confident when you are dressed, not dressed down? Like, do you think yeah. that's part of it, too, that you're carrying yourself differently in the world because you're you've made more effort that day? 100 percent. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I definitely do. And you know what? Um, this past year, as a result of the pandemic, uh, I mean, I, I work from home for the majority of like for the most part. And what I've been doing is uh, getting dressed up even at home because mm-hmm. of the way it makes me feel. Um, so every morning I ensure that, you know, um, I, I'm showered and ready to go for the day for the most part. And um, I wouldn't say I always put a full face of makeup on, but uh, but I do ensure that I'm, I'm dressed up and I look presentable and I do have some makeup on and whatnot so that I feel like I'm ready to tackle the day as if I'm like in and going to work because I technically am going to work. Just I'm in my dining room. That's all. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. But, but you, you do, you definitely, it does make a difference. Okay. So how do you stay on top of what's in style? What looks good on mm-hmm. you? Like, do you have someone in your life or do you go mm-hmm. like, how do you do it? I would say that there are a few different ways. Uh, One is that uh, I'll ask my husband's opinion um, for certain things. Um, He has pretty good taste and he now with time understands my personal style. Mm. And um, so, and I I think just because I've always been into fashion and understanding, like I read a lot of articles and things about different but like, for example, you know, we all come, we all come in different shapes and sizes and whatnot. And so I always read about like, what cuts look good on certain body types. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I just know that what would look good on me, I can basically if I go shopping and I, if I saw something on a hanger, I could not 100% always, but for the most part, I would know mm-hmm. not that that would not look good on me. Or yeah, this I think would look good on me. And um, of course, I ask a lot of questions about color and, and sh- you know, designs and things like that. But I, I go shopping with um, certain people that I trust, uh, who have really good 
sense of style as well. But even though they can show me a lot of different things, at the end of the day, like I will make the final choice decision as to whether I'm going to get that piece of clothing or not. Mm-hmm. You know? Have you ever worn something? Because I know for me, sometimes I'm like, this isn't in style but I really like it because it's super comfortable, but I don't want to wear it because it's not in style. Have you ever kind of done that where something's not in style, but you're like, I love it anyway. I'm going to wear it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that comes from, you know, if you're totally comfortable with yourself, you can carry pretty much anything off. I don't think it should be a thing that, oh, I'm only going to wear trendy clothes and whatnot, you know, because trends come and go all the time. Um, for me personally, I like to buy a lot of classic items so that, you know, you can wear them, you know, year after Mm -hmm. year. I take really good care of my clothing too. So I can get away with things for, you know, long periods of time. Mm -hmm. It's always nice to get a couple of, you know, trendy items and whatnot, but I don't like the idea of this fast fashion where you just buy something and wear it for a season and throw it away. Like it's such wastage and, is terrible for the environment. So and I'm trying to get better at becoming, having that mentality of less is more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask the opposite. Have you ever worn something that you didn't really like simply because mm-hmm. it was fashionable or in style? No, never. Okay. No. I've done that. <laughs> I think I have too. And I don't yeah. think I would wear something if somebody told me, no, that's not in like, I get self-conscious about my old clothes. That's why I me too. Like, there's a new kind of shorts this year. So I'm like, well, can I still wear the shorts I've been wearing for the last five years? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like <sighs> I really like corduroys. Um, I got like these, I have these pants that are like the corduroy texture and they're comfortable Mm. and they fit. They have no rips. They have no tears. And I'm like, why can't I wear them? But cords is not really in style, but they're still like a decent pair of pants. Right. It's yeah. Just hang on to them in another 10 years. They'll come back again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or dress it up with a, with a something like a top that's kind of really in style, you know? So Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mix and match as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about that, though? Like, has somebody taught you, you know, what, what goes with what? And can you wear this? Like, so I have uh, a friend, she's like 10 years younger than me. And she's started to kind of keep me informed about style. And she's telling me that people are now tucking in just the front of their shirt. Oh, we're supposed to do that? (laughs) (laughs) You can do that. (laughs) But (laughs) probably not if the shirt is fitted, you know, like there's still rules, right? It's not a simple like, oh, just start tucking in the front of every shirt, not a sweater, not, you know, there's certain. Yeah. Yeah. So like, how do you stay informed or how do you you know are you do you just try things yourself like try to match this with that and see what reaction you get or I'm because I think I'm pretty conservative I wear a lot of solid colors a lot of like black on the bottom or dark gray Mm -hmm. on you know so that I can easily wear Mm -hmm. whatever with it me too and I'm not like that and I definitely want to wear more pinks and like brighter colors but then I just don't know how to organize them so I'm interested to hear what you yeah um I do a bit of both actually so I I'll tell you what I do um I watch some of those lifestyle shows um like some of my favorite ones are like Marilyn Dennis 
um, what's it called now? The Maryland, yeah, Maryland Dennis mm-hmm. Show. There's City Line. Um, there's the the Social. And I don't always have time to watch those shows during the day, but I use the CTV app. <laughs> so when I have time, I'll I'll uh, watch those shows, especially Fashion Friday. And so on those shows, they'll talk about, you know, the latest trends and what's in. And um, though I have gotten a lot of my knowledge through those shows, I'm going to mm. be really honest. Um, so between that and YouTube, um, reading online, and of course, my friends. So I have one particular friend, um, Jessie, who um, she was like, my, has always been my shopping buddy for quite a number of years now. And she's equally as uh, fashionable and or interested in fashion and wants to be, you know, wearing like the, mo- the recent trends and whatnot. And um, so and she read a lot of magazines. Um, like Cosmo and Vogue and things like that. And so, you know, pick up tips from there. Um, I also will read the Cosmopolitan magazine from time to time as well. But these days with my work schedule, I, I really don't have time for that. So, yeah, so it's a combination of things. Like I'll, I'll uh, connect with friends and, and sometimes it's just a matter of going shopping because obviously when you go out to the mall, then you know what the latest trends are because they're all mm-hmm. over the place. But that um, is, yeah, that's the, I always think like, well, it wouldn't be in the store if it was mm-hmm. really bad. So I know. <laughs> yeah. And I yeah. think it's also about just identifying your own personal style too. Um, you know, are you a t-shirt and jeans kind of person or are you someone who enjoys wearing dresses and whatnot? I think that's something we all mm-hmm. kind of, it's a personality thing or we start experimenting a little bit we know like what we feel good in right mm-hmm. and then you can build from there but it's always nice to have and someone you can you know sort of consult with a question that you made me think of and I know Sean you've kind of talked a little bit about this because you know you're someone who goes to work into the offices and I know like a lot of blind people transit um, we sometimes take a cab, um, but for city people, I notice sometimes they'll be able to wear a dress when it's raining or in the winter or be able to wear fancier shoes and not have to worry about a jacket or their hair getting ruined. And then, you know, they'll just walk inside. Um, have you had any, uh, do you have any tips for kind of balancing out uh, fashion and um comfort yeah practicality right traveling yeah that's an excellent question and you when you mentioned dresses in winter I thought to myself yeah I do that <laughs> I love my dresses <laughs> so yeah so um I would say that um footwear is well it's really interesting um because nowadays wearing boots is a thing like it's trendy to wear boots with dresses and there's all types of different types of boots you can wear so that's predominantly what I do in the winter when we get start getting into the fall months like even as early as like late September early October I start pulling out the boots and I have different types of boots and I love those um, sweater dresses and or else what you can do is where you can wear like you can transition some of your like more spring dresses into the fall and winter as well by putting on like a long 
you know, those open type sweaters that don't have any buttons, but they're mm-hmm. those open type long sweaters and they look really classy and, you know, you can wear it with like a nice dress and wear it, dress it up with a pair of long, long boots, or you can wear those black, black tights with um, like a booty, like a short boot. Um, and so, and you know what, there are a lot of people um, who take transit who will wear even like runners and then when they get to the office or their workplace, they will change into their <laughs> shoes. Yes. Yeah. And that is, I can okay, <laughs> Sean, that is exactly yeah. the situation that I won't, I, I know people do it, but I feel like if I do it, everyone's going to think, oh, she doesn't. Yeah. She's but just... people do. People, a lot of people <laughs> do. But I hear what you're saying, though. I wouldn't either. But <laughs> but the reality is, and see, again, like that's the pressure we're, we put on ourselves that mm-hmm. we feel that we're going to be judged. And yeah. uh, I don't know how to get around that. But I just wanted to go back to the shows that you watch and the articles that you read. Mm-hmm. Do you find that you just by listening, like not being able to see what they're what they're wearing or any of the photos in the magazine, you mm-hmm. can still get enough sense of what they're talking about and what sometimes, it looks like. Yeah, sometimes I I get I get a sense of it, but not fully, because at the end of the day obviously if you have a visual or something even tactile you can feel say for example if I learned about a particular trend or something and then I saw it in a store like oh yeah I I heard about that on that so-and-so show or read about it then the the puzzle comes together but sometimes it's hard to know exactly what they're talking about and this is something that I've wanted to actually advocate for just by writing into some of these shows to, to mm-hmm. request if they can maybe be a bit more descriptive, mm-hmm. be more inclusive, you know, yeah. so that's on my to-do list to do, but for sure, that is something that I have been wanting to do for a long time. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the plan for our camp session. So your session is going to be August 18th, a Wednesday afternoon for teens. And uh, can you tell us a little bit about what what our teens can expect? Yeah, absolutely. There's <laughs> a big smile on my face right now because <laughs> I'm so excited about this. Um, so it's going to be a three-hour workshop, approximately. Um it's going to, it's designed, the, the workshop is designed specifically for people with vision loss. And it's basically, um, the topic is going to be on skincare and um, proper makeup application. And so some of the things we're going to be discussing in this workshop are about, uh, we'll be talking about the four specific uh, skincare types, uh, common skincare concerns, um, just basic skincare. So the talking about the benefits of um, cleansing, exfoliation, moisturizing, and of course, sun protection. That's something that a lot of a lot of people, whether you're sighted or, or, or not, uh, we often omit the sun protection. So we'll be definitely focusing on that. And then enhancing your features with proper makeup application. So something that you're both talking about in terms of having the makeup, but not always knowing the right technique, or am I doing it right? Or, you know, so just little things like that, we're going to be talking about, like, what is the proper way to put on eyeshadow? Um, 
And what are some tips, especially when you have vision loss? And so I'm actually going to be facilitating this workshop uh, along with my niece, Alicia, who is a professional uh, esthetician. And she also has now, uh, she's dabbling in uh, medical aesthetics and um, mm. she's a body and body spa tech and uh, permanent makeup artist as well. Wow. And she's been... She's been really great because she's, again, been into makeup and, and all this stuff for a long time since, since a very young age. Maybe she got a little bit of that from me because her mom is definitely not like that at all. She's not interested in makeup or anything for that matter. But I think by watching me and probably her own personality as well, uh, she developed a, a, a desire for this from a very, very young age. I remember from the time when she was five years old, she was doing her own nails, like nail polish, and she had like a hundred types of different nail polishes and whatnot. So um, so she'll be facilitating the, co-facilitating the workshop with me. And she really has a sense of how to explain things for people living with vision loss, because she's just, I guess, naturally developed um, uh, a way of doing that because I lean on her at times uh, for for these types of tips. So did she teach you how to apply makeup? No, yourself? she didn't. No, because like oh, she wasn't she... probably even born when I was a teenager and whatnot. <laughs> but but um, she did not teach me, but she's taught me how to up my game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, talking a little bit more about makeup um, sounds definitely sounds like the workshop is going to be interesting, but definitely how, because it is so visual, I personally, if I'm wearing any at all, get concerned about wearing it throughout the day because I know a lot of uh, women or sighted people, if they choose to wear makeup, will go to the bathroom, look in the mirror, make sure it still looks good, do retouch-ups. How do you uh, check check it to make sure throughout the day that you're doing it's doing good or that it's evenly <laughs> spread out <laughs> yeah um well the reality is is that once it's on I mean I personally won't wouldn't be able to check it because you know I'm not going to feel my face you can't tell but uh, what I do is I use um a spray like a setting spray so that when I'm done with my makeup application I'll put a setting spray on and usually that will keep things intact um, so I think I'm usually good if I'm with if I'm around somebody like a colleague for example at work like a work situation um, if I if I have a good rapport with a particular colleague I would I don't mind go checking with her say for example if I have a meeting like an important meeting I would I don't mind checking with a colleague and saying hey is my face still on like am I okay yeah. okay you know um there are some mascaras for example and my lashes are really long naturally so I find that sometimes certain mascaras they they uh kind of crumble so right underneath the eye you'll have this little bit of black little bits and so the odd time, now that I know that that's, a, that that's a, an issue, I might still just sweep under my under eye with my finger just to make sure there's nothing there. Uh, but the odd time, I know my mom has said to me, oh, you have some black, black stuff under your eyes or something like that, you know. So, but in terms of, you know, is the eyeshadow still there or is the blush still there? 
uh, that's something I would not be able to to check. But lipstick application, I I reapply throughout the day anyways, so I wouldn't be too concerned about that. What about telling one lipstick from another? Do you label all of your stuff? Um, it's a great question. Um, I label things that are the same brand. So mm. I use um, a lot of MAC products and usually the, they're all in the same type of uh, packaging. Um, they do have some lines that are a little different, um, but the ones that are, you know, the same packaging, yes. Uh, and my favorite all-time gadget is the pen friend. So um, I use that to label my lipsticks and the eyeshadows that are single kind of eyeshadows. Palettes, I don't really do that, but single eyeshadows I do, Um, which makes life so much easier. Like I'm so grateful for that gadget. (laughs) So I do. That's how I organize my my makeup. Um, And in terms of other, the other makeup that I have, I think part of it is just recognizing the packaging so that, and part of it's memory that, oh yeah, that that's my so-and-so blush and I don't need to like, mm-hmm. I don't need yeah. to label everything. So if you have your big makeup bag, I say <laughs> that, I say that like sort of with a smirk <laughs> on my face because I literally own one mascara, one lipstick, and one face powder. And it's mm-hmm. in this tiny little container that is my makeup bag. But okay. I know that people who actually wear makeup have like a makeup bag. <laughs> um, you've got everything labeled. And then once you've chosen the one for the day, you just bring that in your purse, I'm guessing, right? So you don't have to bring the pen friend. Like you're not going to have a whole bunch of lipsticks in. Well, or do you? Yeah, no, I don't. And I don't even carry my makeup with me. I only, I only carry my, my lipstick with me. Um, but the other thing I want to actually, you talk about makeup bag. Um, the one thing that I use, which helps to organize the makeup, um, is I found these really cool organizers from the Dollar Tree out of all places. Like, um and they're like these trays and they're actually meant for organizing makeup. Oh. So I bought a couple of different types and I have them um, organized in my one of my dresser drawers. So when I open the drawer, all my makeup is there. So I have things kind of wow. organized in different yeah. ways. Yeah. And it's it's really great because I, I wouldn't have a patience to be rummaging through a makeup bag trying to find my stuff without <laughs> I, I don't have time in the morning for things like that so um this way and then you know just by looking at the design of the that organizer I created a uh, what would you call that a system so that okay so all my mascaras are going to be here and my lipsticks I have other kind of little containers for those and then you know all my mm-hmm. eyeliners can lay flat on this area. So, and then, you know, I have other little bags that I can put other things in, but it, it helps uh, to keep things somewhat in place so that you're not dumping everything in this massive bag and trying to find things. Cause that's just really disorganized. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, what about knowing what to like do you match your makeup to the clothes you're wearing that day in terms of color or do you always just go with your skin tones like how do you decide what to wear when I think in the 80s we used to do that (laughs) 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 um 
I mean, in terms of like matching the color to your to your outfit, right? right. So yeah. now I think the look is that you know, and and you know what? I think the I think the beauty and the art of makeup is you can do anything you want, almost. You know, mm. I don't know if there's any real rules per se. I mean, maybe a makeup artist might might um, disagree with that, but uh, I think makeup is like a creative form of art that you can kind of. There's certain, of course, there's certain things that do go together like I wouldn't wear like a a certain tone of blush and then wear a totally offset you know like lipstick so there are certain colors that go together um for me I, I like neutrals um and so when it comes to especially like the eye looks um I tend to go for more like because of my skin tone um I'm more darker skin so I prefer to go with like more coppers and and browns and nudes and golds and things like that um, but if I want a hint of color, then I might put something, you know, on the side, like on the, on the corner, just to give it a little bit of a pop, but I'm still learning. I mean, I'm still learning these, these makeup techniques myself. So I've just recently kind of got a little bit more adventurous and comfortable enough to feel, feel like, okay, I think I kind of can do this, like putting another color in the crease and putting an additional color and something in the corner, like it's something that I find so fascinating. And I always like, and I always think to myself, oh, I wish I could do that. And so I'm still learning those little techniques too. Um, but in terms of color, like colors, uh, color matching, I want to say that lipsticks are the one thing that I think I'd be most careful about in ensuring that they match with my outfit so what I mean by match is that it coordinates with it it doesn't have to be mm -hmm. the same color but as long as it it complements you know what, mm -hmm. what I'm wearing yeah. how do you, but, you know of... what if you're a simple sorry. I'm sorry I was going to just say that if you if you're uh but if you want to keep things simple um and easy to manage um then I would just say go for go for nudes because you can never go go wrong with a nude like a nude lipstick and something mm -hmm. nude is just the best mm -hmm. way to go if you want to keep things simple i was just gonna say you mentioned eye looks and um i know for myself i just use single eyeshadows and i've seen those palettes they can come anywhere from like a four to 12 or so many and um do you mm -hmm. have to um, memorize the layout of the palette like okay starting from left to right here are all the colors and mm -hmm. tones or do you have to write them out I don't like using palettes just for that reason, because mm -hmm. it's so, it, to me, it feels kind of overwhelming. Um, I like the quads, the the one, the four, the four and yes. the little quad, those are probably manageable. Um, but if I, um, I thought about this, actually, because on YouTube, you hear a lot about different types of palettes and whatnot. And I wouldn't want anything to difficult like to first of all I, I don't think there's a need for so many colors um I I personally like the single eyeshadows um they're easy you can kind of mix and match or the quads are my favorite but I think uh I think what I've done in the past is kind of try to memorize what is what I thought about I had an idea about um, putting the pen friend label right at the back of the palette. So right behind the actual 
color so that mm. so that you know okay when you look at when you open the palette then on the top left for example say for example it's like a, a nude uh, whatever they call it right and then at the back of that right you put your finger like sort of right where the the palette the sort right where the color starts then the pigment starts then you can put the sticker behind there so it, it correlates with that particular um eyeshadow mm -hmm. i haven't tried that yet but that's what i was sort of thinking about uh, other than that, yes, you could definitely just like write it in a Word document or Braille or whatever, you know, your form of reading, makeup, cheating information. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah, I was thinking, do you write it down? Because <laughs> I recently <laughs> got gifted one uh, and it's like a big, big one. Well, for, mm. big, big in my case, because it has nine colors. And I'm not I'm not used to that. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. So if you have a pen friend, that might be a way to go. If you read Braille maybe even like a code, like a couple of letters to identify if you remember what that is. Or maybe the easiest thing is just write it down somewhere or braille it out so that you know you know what that is. So it's not being creative, right? We have to always be forced to be creative and find our own systems and ways of doing things to function in the world. I am curious. Do you do you check do you have your husband check before you leave the house? Like do you do you do the whole like, okay, is it okay? Is my makeup okay? Or are you like so confident that you know what you're doing now that you don't need to worry about mm -hmm. that? That's a great question. Um, so when he's home, <laughs> then I I do. I do ask him. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if I ask him because I'm, I lack confidence or is it just because I want his approval or I want his opinion. But yes, when he's home, I will take advantage of that opportunity and I will ask him. Um, when he's not home, which is often the case where he leaves before, like when I was going to work uh, before, he would leave before me. So um, I wouldn't have that option. So mm -hmm. I would just you know yeah go with it you know but um more recently <clears throat> as I've been dabbling in like I said earlier about trying out uh, different eye looks and whatnot what I've been doing is uh facetiming my niece <laughs> okay awesome <laughs> thank goodness for technology and um and I'll just ask her if my makeup is okay and um, she'll give me her opinion. And I have had to fix things sometimes. And so she'll teach me how to, how to fix, how to correct my mistake. And so, yeah. I have so. used FaceTime for outfits. You, it's because it's always the day of something important. And I, you know, I'm so bad. I should really do it the night before, but I usually don't. And then I'm panicked. And then you start trying things on and it just doesn't feel like you want it to. And I'll be FaceTiming my mom and she's like, okay, you need to back up. You need to lower. Yeah. I can't really see yeah. your bottom. Oh the lighting gosh. isn't good. Yes. I know that's yeah. a whole other thing as well. Same with me. Same with me, but yeah. um, it is great, but it's not perfect. It's not perfect for sure. And the thing is, is that, you know, even if I ask my husband, like, you know, is, is my face okay? Or is my blush okay? And 
Have you, oh, you got to put more of that red thing on your on your cheek, <laughs> thing or whatever. Because it's not red, anyways. But you know, like the colors. Yes. So. Yeah. But it's yeah, um, funny. Yeah, but it's fun. It's fun. Any beginner skincare tips that you could share with us? Those of us, those who aren't going to be able to attend our awesome workshop this mm-hmm. summer, <laughs> but just what what should we be doing? What are some some of your tips? Yeah, some of the most important tips I would want to share is uh, the importance of cleansing. Uh, Very, very important to ensure that you wash your skin in the morning. But more importantly, ensure you wash your face at night because during the day, our skin and our bodies are exposed to so many pollutants uh, and, and so it's really important to make sure that we um, cleanse our skin at night and take off that. If you're wearing makeup, uh, make sure that you wash your skin at night, as well as the sunscreen, um, so that even if you use any kind of skincare ingredients at night, um, they will absorb way better when your skin is clean. And so it's really, really important. I was going to just actually share that I, I read somewhere that if you do not wash your face even one night, then you age by seven days. What? Excuse yeah. me? Wow. Yes. I should get on my cleansing routine. <laughs> I was mortified because there would be times where I'm so tired that I just, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, I can't yeah. be bothered. And um, yeah, you don't see me doing that very often anymore. I make sure that I, you know, double cleanse every day so washing your face is more than just splash water on your face i'm guessing yes it would be so you would want to use a an appropriate um, cleanser based on your skin type so understanding you know what what your skin type is like do you have oily skin do you have dry skin do you have combo skin um and so knowing that then you would purchase um your products according so you're giving your skin what it needs Mm-hmm. And so understanding that as well. And then, of course, um, it's really important to have a good moisturizer that's going to provide hydration. Because I mean, it's interesting, people think, for example, if they have oily skin, they think that they don't want any kind of hydration. Mm-hmm. But it's just as important to hydrate your skin when you have oily skin, as opposed to dry skin. So understanding that and, and knowing what types of products are good. Um, you know, one thing I actually want to, I was thinking earlier and didn't want to forget this is that, you know, when we're talking about achieving your look, you know, whether it's fashion or skincare or makeup, you really don't have to spend a lot of money. I think people think that, oh, I can't afford it, you know, even. But especially these days, there are so many really, really great options at the drugstore for skincare and makeup that you can get the products you need for a very affordable price. Um, you can even make things at home for certain for certain parts of your skincare as well, just using everyday kitchen ingredients as well. So I don't think that you can really use that as an excuse to say, hey, I can't afford it because there's an option. There's, there's an option for everybody. Mm, like I use some just drugstore brands and then I use some of the higher end ones as well but I don't feel that I need to necessarily 
use, like buy, go to Sephora and and buy mm-hmm. everything from there because that's what the influencers are telling me. It's yeah, about doing, doing sure. your research and and knowing your ingredient. Like I'm really into the ingredients thing now. The inky list, the inky list is like what the actual ingredients are at the back of any product, and um, understanding what what the inky list is and what those ingredients are and how they benefit you and then understanding your own skin type and what you need. So um, it sounds, it may sound really daunting and overwhelming, but, um, but I love teaching people about skincare and I'm always open to answering questions. And so people are always welcome to, you know, email me and whatnot, because I think that's about education. And, and, and I think, for me personally, I think um, healthy skin has really helped me just increase my confidence and feel good about myself. And if I can pass that on to someone else, then yeah, that's great. So how you are open to people getting in touch with you? <laughs> yes, 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 sure. All right. I mean, you mentioned uh, a, quite a shopping list of things that you offer through your business. So how can people yeah. get in touch with you? Yeah, people can visit my website at www.a-nuvision.ca. Um, I am going through a bit of a process and updating, so I don't have my skincare sort of services or anything like that um, at the moment. But if people just want to, you know, have a question or, you know, need some advice on something, they're more than welcome to email me at info at a-nuvision.ca. So if people want to email me, they're more than welcome to email me at info at a-nuvision.ca. And I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as well. Thank Thank you you so so much. much. Yes, this has been so great. And I'm so excited for the workshop you're going to be leading. That's August 18th. So all those Blind Beginnings teens, if you haven't registered, sign up. Uh, We're going to be sending everybody a package of skincare products and makeup matched to your skin tones, which I think is so fabulous so that you'll have the stuff you need to participate and practice while we while we go through the workshop. So it's going to be really great. Sounds fun. Yeah, I'm super excited and really looking forward to this. Awesome. Me too. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's been a wealth of information. I feel a little inspired. I feel like I need to go shopping and refresh my wardrobe Yeah, (laughs) and maybe even buy some new makeup. I think my mascara is three years old. I really shouldn't use that anymore. So uh, (laughs) thanks for being here, Anu. Thanks for having me both. Thank you. And thank you, Jenny, for co-hosting today. Yeah, thank you. And thank you to our listeners. And big thanks to Anu, who was here today. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question, a comment, a future topic request, please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca. Please like and subscribe, share our podcast with a friend, and join us next time. This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. 
For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca. And also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.